Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. Thank you for tuning into the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency. My name is Zachary Sexton, and today I have with me Nathan Latka. Welcome, Nathan. Thank you for having me, Zach. I'm excited to be here. Hey, very excited to have you. Actually, a new Austinite as well. We both have been connecting a lot recently. Saw you uh, give a talk at South by Southwest where you interviewed a bunch of entrepreneurs, and you were doing it with such energy and such zeal and zest that, um, <laughs> that we've been connecting ever since. We actually played a little game of Catan, which we we didn't win. Ugh. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> and you know what? We're both such data nerds. We we miscalculated. Somebody had the longest road. We didn't think anybody could get the longest road from me, but they could. And missed, it ended the game. Counter. We Yeah, we didn't count all of the numbers. So uh, I, I'm really excited to have you on. One, because we've been becoming buddies. And two, because you are not very old, but have had more success than many people have in their entire careers. And I think there's some underlying reasons for that, either it be character traits or um, maybe it's just your personality. But I think there's a little bit of strategy that you have involved that has allowed you to be more successful. So I I wouldn't mind if you just shared a little bit of your career history. I, I know a touch, but I think you'd be able to tell it better. Yeah, your listeners are making the decision right about now of like, do they stop this interview and go to a different one? Or do they listen through? So folks, here's my hard sell to you at 19, dropped out of architecture at Virginia Tech launched a software business called Heyo. We raised $2.5 million in venture capital, grew the thing to 10,000 monthly paying customers over $5 million in revenue, 25 people there working full time. So we created a lot of jobs. I don't know of another 19 year old that created you know 25 jobs so we had a lot of fun doing that and now i just turned 26 and i sold the business to our number one competitor uh, vodigo in denver uh, recently here in february 2016 am now focused on my own podcast which frankly i didn't want anybody else to hear to be quite honest with you i did the show because i wanted to get entrepreneurs on the best in the world i wanted to hit them hard and ask them what their revenue numbers were last month to get to the real data and turns out a lot of other people want that data because they you know there's too many fakers online you don't know who to believe who's really a millionaire who's really winning so that show's doing really really well on itunes it's i many people are telling me zach i don't uh, you guys have data on this too but i showed some of the world's top podcasters the data and you know we've got a million downloads in under seven months and many of the big guys are saying they've never seen a business podcast get that many downloads that fast so something is happening something's working and it's very exciting i uh yeah i noticed that is the business podcasting world is is very uh, just it's full right now. And I think that's yep. why we've been lucky with the productivity show is while we do dive a little bit into business um, and, and maybe you know, we've done webinars or not webinars, but um, uh, podcast on documentation and a few other things that are slightly business oriented. I think focusing on the individual, because that's something that everybody can control, has allowed us to get similar download numbers in a similar amount of time frame. Yep. So, yep. um, but you have used data. You've actually shown me some of the data that you've created as a, uh, as a software developer that, um, that's going to be pretty interesting and neat to the podcasting community, but that's, yep. <laughs> that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, we're, we're kind of here to talk about, to, to deconstruct, to, um, maybe you do like a Tim Ferriss esque interview where we find out why you're able to uh, to take such action and to produce such results in such a short amount of time. 
And one thing that I can't help but notice is your energy. Whenever I've seen you, either late at night or early in the morning, you come with a good degree of energy. That's not always the case for most people. In fact, you know, I've got some times, maybe after I drink an iced coffee, like right now, where I'm pretty <laughs> high energy. Speaking of webinars, I, webinars I tend to get pretty pumped up for because it's like, oh man, there's people actually watching me right now. I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, but there's other times where it just dips. So I'm wondering, do you have any secrets or techniques uh, that you use to keep those energy levels up high consistently day after day so you're able to you know, produce the results that you have been in your life? Yeah, Zach, the answer is drugs. Lots of drugs. No, I'm just I knew kidding. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I would say, look, you know, energy is a weird thing. Um, some people need 10 hours of sleep every night. Some people need three, right? I mean, you know, people like batching. Some people don't like batching. Some people go on seven week trips to the Amazon forest and come back with all that energy and then they have to do it again to get more energy. You know, energy is a weird thing. And I think a lot of it is actually psychological. Um, it's kind of like, it just, what I like to do, you know, I did this several years ago is just start being cognizant as you're going through a day when you feel the most energetic, right? Whenever you feel the most energetic, you know, Zach, that's when you get into that flow mode where you're super productive you lose track of time the opposite of that is when you're like working 40 hour weeks as a target cashier looking out the clock every two minutes going when does the day end right and you're like i thought 10 minutes went by only one minute went by you know that feeling yeah yeah that's when you know you're not in a good spot so i think the key and why i'm so energetic about everything is every i'm super self-centered everything i do has a purpose that benefits me and I know what that is. So like the reason I make time to play Catan besides just relationship building, it's a great time for me to practice deal making where nothing tangible is actually on the line except some pride, right? So I can test those, you know, I can test those new deal making tactics in a board game and then immediately turn that around and use it in real life. And so I think, I think that's critical. Um, so if I had to sum that up in one sentence, I would say focus on again, where you get the most energy from and then, and then figure out how to just do more of that the rest of your life and get everything else off your plate. That's the key. All right. So it, another thing I've heard you say in a talk, and, and I, those are some really good points, actually, maybe rather than just plowing on and moving through that. Let's dive in a little bit deeper. When you get your, where do you get your energy from? Because you say that you've got uh, these, this focus that, that things have purpose behind it. How did you find that initial purpose? Yeah. So I'm really good with deals. Like I just, I always like, there always has to be something that I can win or lose. And I, and I, and I like, and I like winning and so most things I do in my life, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's deal making like all the time. It's very rarely like operational execution. You know, you know, you know, I don't on my podcasts when I produce them, I'm not the one putting in meta tag data and designing the cover image and doing this. I'm trying to convince other podcasters to get on board with a new idea I have for podcast data, right? I'm trying to close like quote unquote deals. And they're not always money deals, by the way. When I use the word deals, I mean just aligning people around a common goal, right? It could be getting everyone to come out at the same time on a Friday to play board games, right? That's getting a deal done. So uh, that's where I get turned on. So I try and optimize as much as my time as possible on uniting you know, people or, or getting deals done. I like that you focus on your strengths. How did you realize that that was your strength? And 
is this the only tactic do you, you take? Uh, focus on your strength, or do you ever try to bolster up some of your weaknesses? Like, paying attention to those meta tags. Yeah, no, I never bolster weaknesses. I think it's the stupidest thing to do, and I think a lot of people listening right now who are poor, broken, unhappy, they're probably doing that a lot because their parents told them when they brought home a report card when they had all A's and one C, what do the parents always say? You know, how do we get that C to an A versus, hey, you have an A plus here, why don't you just focus on making the A plus and A plus plus plus? Like be best in the world at the thing you're naturally good at and ignore everything else. Let them be Fs because you'll find other people who are A plus pluses in those things. And it's more important to learn how to convince other A plus pluses in the world to get behind you and your weaknesses than it is to try and teach it to, to yourself, you know, yourself. When did you make that realization? When you realize you can't do everything. I mean, look, part of it is I talked to, this is where it actually comes from. I talked to people that have business ideas or, or business people with startup ideas. And Zach, their excuse is always, I can't get started because I don't have a developer. I don't know how to develop, right? Here's what the lazy ones do. They go to Code Academy and try and teach themselves to code and to start to like build their own app. Now, it's fine if you want to like learn the verbiage of coding so you know how to hire a developer, but lazy people try and do everything themselves versus understanding how to incentivize a developer, right behind your business idea and bring them on the team. And so I just realized very early on wicked smart and productive people know what they're really good at and they use psychology to persuade and brainwash everybody else to get behind their vision and that's key. You build you build a straight A++ report card. You don't learn it. What are some of those strategies I'm I'm really curious that you used to uh to build that A++ in your deal making category. Well, look, the easiest thing, the easiest thing to do is just tell people your big crazy goals, right? You know, I can come out and say I'm going to run and win the presidency in 2036 even though I have not a, a, I have no idea how it's going to happen. What happens is you start telling people that and people that are naturally interested in politics, which means they're probably good at it, they're going to start helping you get there. So really the key to life is so so simple, right? It just say really big ideas over and over again. And when, and then you're like, you, when people reach out to you and go, I want to get behind that idea, you kind of collect them and you kind of start forming a team, right? Ooh, this, maybe I give them some contract work in that space. Maybe I make them CEO of that business and partner with them. But you, the reason people will never come out and say big, bold, audacious things like mine, I will take a company public before I turn 30. I'm 26 now, right? I will take a company public before I turn 30. Mark my words. I'm going to make that happen. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but it will naturally happen. And most people will never say something bold like that because they're constantly thinking, well, crap, if I don't take a company public, I lose. The fact of the matter is I might know in the back of my head, I might not take a company public, but guess what? It's going to have a $100 million run rate because I put out a big, big target. So you kind of have to shoot the arrow and then draw the target on the tree after the arrow is already stuck in the tree. What would you say to those people that, because I, I feel like there's a very strong... Does that make sense though, Zach? It does, but here's here's my my devil's advocate because I and I've, I'm actually I'm not even sure where I stand on the on the yeah, yeah. fence of this one because there's two very strong arguments. There's your argument, which is you know shoot for the moon and, or shoot for the stars, and if you miss, you maybe you'll hit the moon. Or I, I'm turning into my dad because I'm, I'm terrible <laughs> with uh, remembering what those analogies actually are. And the other is if you're gonna do something, if you're gonna make a change. Keep it to yourself. And the argument behind that is 
because you actually get a little bit of a rush by saying, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Totally. I'm going to do this. And that psychological brain juice that pops out because you said you were going to do something is almost satisfying enough to some people where that's that's all they need. They need to say, like, ah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do that marathon and then don't ever do anything because they got the the feedback that they needed by just saying it, the by just hit. announcing their goals. Yeah. Well, how would you how would you talk to somebody or how would you convince somebody to be on your side of the argument who thinks that it's better to keep quiet about your goals until you can actually you know talk with your actions? Well, look, people that project big goals but never accomplish anything, no one's going to get behind them. I, I, I can say these things and people are going to go, well, the, the first thing they're going to say is, well, is he actually going to take a company public by 30? And what are they going to do? They're going to Google me or something. And they're going to see, oh, in 19, he raised two and a half million bucks from a Forbes billionaire. He sold his first company already. He did the, okay, actually, no, he actually, he might take his company, you know, he probably will take his company public by the time he turns 30, right? And then they're going to, you know, see more media over the next three to four years and they go, wow, Nathan's actually doing it. So like you, you build, what happens is when you project these big things, the world is going to start telling itself, wow, he's done this in the past. He's done something big. He's, he's going to probably do something big again. The problem with that person that says, I'm going to run a marathon to get a dopamine hit, then doesn't do it, is it, it goes the other way. Every time you say you're going to do something after that, people don't believe you. They're not actually going to get behind you. So you have to put your goals out there, and you don't have to do all of them, right? That's one of the reasons I put these big goals out there is people then give me information, and I can quickly turn off a big idea if I get information uh, that, that tells me it's not going to work, but then I can double down on the ones that I know are going to work really, really well. So you, you have to put and project those things out there in my opinion. And there is a benefit to it. I, I don't remember what number it is, but uh, Jeff Woods, who is another recent Austinite, uh, ha- had said in a podcast that, um, one strategy that he's done to get closer to his goals is when people say, Hey, what's up? Rather than saying, nothing much, what's up with you? He says, you know what? I'm actually really excited. I'm going to take a business public before I'm 30. That way they're like, Oh really? I know somebody who just had an IPO and, and your network who you didn't really even realize might be able to connect you to the people that they needed to connect you to was able to. So he, exactly. he has a podcast called The Mentee where he's always talking about how you can get mentors in your life to get you to where you want to go a little bit quicker. Um, and it seems like your strategy of announcing your goals to the world, putting you know sort of a, a flag uh, down and saying, eh, I'm going to go for that that hill right now, will allow you to, to get solicit input from all these different areas yeah and you can't say you're going to go for it you, you have to say i am when i take my company public when donald trump right is taking over the country now by saying when i am president and i will be president i'm tough we're going to win i we will be president right it, you have to say it because you have to so you have to brainwash yourself before you try and brainwash anybody else right you have to actually convince yourself that you're going to do it and you have to talk like you've already done it. That's what's going to project confidence and enough ego where it's going to get other people behind you. Ego, interesting word. Do you think the ego helps drive you to get to where you wanted to be? Oh my God, I love ego. I have the big, you will never meet somebody with an ego as big as mine. And that's such an advantage because I know how to use it. It's like a big bat and I can swing it whatever I want, right? You got to do it very strategically, but I have a huge ego. I can manufacture ego. Ego lets me manufacture self-confidence wherever I go. Uh, you just have to balance ego and arrogance, right? I try not to be arrogant. I try and have a big ego and I use that ego aggressively. What happens to that ego when you run into the eventual failure? Uh, you spin it. <laughs> you spin it into a success, right? So again, I'll use an example that everyone knows just because I think it'll, it'll make the lesson pop better. Donald Trump says he's not going to do the Iowa debate. 
right, or the, the debate right before the Iowa caucus, right? What is he doing there? Well, he need, he has no idea if he's going to win Iowa or not. He needs to be able to point to something before Iowa if he loses to use it as an excuse. So when he lost Iowa to Ted Cruz, what did he say? Oh, it was probably a mistake that I skipped the Iowa debate. But guess what? We raised $6 million for veterans, right? That way, the people that are following him are going, oh, yeah, you know, he's right. It makes sense. He probably shouldn't have skipped the debate. But they still believe everything he's saying. That's such key. So it doesn't matter if you hit the big vision or not. You know, failure, you always win. It's just about how you project if you fail or lose to the world and, and how do you make sure you spin that into a win. All right. So you, you, <laughs> you're, you're tricking yourself and you're, you're tricking everybody, but you're, you're producing results. Yeah. You do. You have to look, I, you know, I, what if I told everyone when I was recruiting that, Hey, Oh, Hey guys, we're gonna build a billion dollar business. Okay. We didn't have a billion, but guess what? Everyone's rich right now. Right. Are they happy? Hell yeah. They're happy, but it wouldn't have happened if you didn't have the confidence in the beginning. People look, most people are just weak. They don't have this kind of confidence. It's, it's, it's just hard. I don't know why it's an upbringing. It's something like that they just don't have the confidence. And that is literally 90% Zach of the battle. Well, so you were leading a team and you had, what was it, 25 people on your team? Yep. How did you instill confidence in them? Well, first off, I don't hire them if they don't have confidence. Just That's like my biggest turnoff. If you're not confident, you, you just I won't spend time with you typically. Um, so I can't really answer that. I, okay. didn't, I didn't do things on a daily basis to give them confidence. <laughs> I mean, they had to have a lot of confidence coming in. I, I mean, I did things like, I did little things. Like it, when someone would join our team for the first time, they'd always look for my approval on everything. They'd say, hey, Nathan, before we send this email blast out, do you want to check the subject line? And I'd just write back, hey, I trust you. You'll figure it out. My response was always, you'll figure it out. That's the best way to, and the quickest way to delegate. Like if you're listening right now going, I have too much on my plate. When people start asking for your approval, your ego wants to say, yeah, I need to do this by the end of the day today and tell them yes or no. Just write back, say, hey, I trust you. I know you'll figure it out and just let them do it. The world will surprise you. And so not being attention to detail, you were able to maybe have people on your team that that were a little bit closer to the detail. Do you ever create systems in your business or procedures that allowed you the mistakes to happen a little bit less often or autom- automation to have things happen correctly every single time? Yeah, look, mis- mistakes only happen like it's such a relative. I don't think people get this. It's a relative word. Like, look, what does everyone say when you start a business? Create a business plan, right? So you spend hours, days, weeks putting together this business plan that you're going to look at once and make into some sexy PowerPoint deck and you're never going to look at it again, right? So what happens then? Well, something happens in the business that requires that you change and you change and then you don't hit the goals in the business plan. What's everyone go? Oh, it's a failure. No, like it's a failure because you put together a business plan that was self-serving in the moment and didn't allow yourself flexibility or, or, or the, the, the kind of the insight to know that you're gonna have to change. A, a business plan only suits the business. It doesn't suit the customers and your customers should be what's helping drive your business. So again, I, I, I never tried to like, I never told people like fail faster. Do, do, do. Just, you just, you have to hire smart people and then give them autonomy to do what they want. And so I would just build, I mean, I did some things efficiency related, like, you know, my best calendar is a blank calendar. You look at my calendar right now, nothing on it. It's fantastic. It's great. You know, dumb people have full calendars. Interesting. That's a tweetable. Dumb people have full calendars. Why do you think that? Because they have to feel like they're busy. I mean, that's just if, if somebody has a, a calendar that's full doesn't know what's important, in, in my opinion. See, one, one of the my you know the biggest deals that I'm doing now in terms of real estate and investing and all that 
are ones that hit me in the middle of the day. And because I have nothing else scheduled, I can take in and, and, and extract value from that opportunity faster than anybody else. Cause there's no meetings I have to cancel. There's nothing I have to move. I've studied a lot cause I've read a lot of books or I know the industry. So I know how to get to a quick decision fast based off time sensitive events. And that this is one of the reasons by the way, that I hate saying this, Zach, but this is why poor people typically stay poor. They have to figure out how they're going to make money like tomorrow or like tonight to feed themselves. They don't have time to react to opportunities in the moment because they're worried on their basic, basic needs. So one of the ways to combat that for your listeners right now that might have a family of three and a corporate job and they're going, I'm never going to be able to do my own thing or do my own startup because I have a family to feed. You have to figure out how to drive down expenses as low as you possibly can, as low as low as you possibly can. And you'll surprise yourself at how low you can drive your needs. That will give you confidence to take bigger risks. All right. So, so that, the having a full calendar, I, I want to push back on that a little bit more, or at least dive into that idea a little bit more. Sure. What, what about people who derive a lot of their value or, or generate a lot of their value by deep focused work? So writers or programmers or um, uh, people who, you know, like, I don't know, people at Asian Efficiency, we, we spend a lot of our day focused. And uh, one strategy that we use is actually called time blocking, where we block off some time. And so these two hours we're going to use to create a presentation or to uh, study a new technique or to um, you know write an article or a newsletter. What about that? Are those people uh, being misallocating their time because their, their schedule's not open because they'd already decided during this time that they were going to do that work? Or, or maybe they'd already decided during a certain amount of time that they were going to exercise or meditate or do something that to rejuvenate their their energy either spiritually or emotionally physically so they can produce at their best what about that type of calendar scheduling well you just talked about two very different things one was like operational write a blog post one was self-focused on energy i'm working out all that stuff totally get that that's fine the people that are all the the, the tasks that you started that question with writing blocking for a webinar etc my gosh i hope the world always has people like that because the people that can create a movement are going to employ people like that, that execute, right? <laughs> but those people are never going to be the ones driving huge change because they have their heads down writing blog posts every day, right? So like, I, I would much rather be the person that's inspiring the best blogger in the world to work for me than, it, than I am going to be to batch my time and be writing blog articles all day. Look, I'm going through this right now. A great example. I batch and I do about 30 of my podcast episodes over two days and then my team drips them out. I am right now going, how do I get those interviews off my plate? So I'm, I'm going to replace myself as the host on my own podcast, right? To free up my calendar more. The problem is, is a lot of people will attach their egos to the events in their calendar. So specifically, a writer at Asian Efficiency might go, wow, if I'm not getting paid for writing, like if I, if I figure out how to do, have somebody else do the writing for me, what am I going to get paid for? Oh crap, that's scary. I better keep writing. I better not tell anyone how I do it. I better keep doing it. You don't let go of stuff because your ego gets attached to your calendar. I'm the total opposite. What about mastery? Mastery takes hours of dedicated practice work. and I have, sure no, I have no interest in mastering anything. I want to influence the masters. If you master one thing, you're only going to specialize in that one thing. You're going to be the best writer. But guess what? Tesla... They have the best writer. You know what? The best writer leads their PR team. They have the best engineer. They lead their engineering team. Guess what? Elon Musk is the one that everybody talks about, right? Elon hasn't mastered any of those things. He's a brilliant influencer of other people around a big vision. That's what you should be a master in. 
Interesting. That's my I, opinion. I would, Look, this is my I, opinion. Have you uh, uh, read the the latest biography on Elon? I think it's just called Elon. No, I haven't. Dove, I haven't. Dove, dove, have not dove into that. All right. I'm sure there's many other examples where there's leaders at the head of an organization, maybe in, uh, like a Lee Iacocca or something that would be a great example for that. But Elon, freaking machine. Uh, he's not one of them. He actually is a master of the minute details. It's crazy. He's a freak of nature. I think he's probably the most interesting and crazy character that we've probably had in the last thousand years. Um, he's nuts. I would I would dive into that book. But I, but point taken that um, that there are two there are a number of different roles that that people play in society and the craftsman that that sits down and finds the flow state. And, and does his thing day after day is one role. Uh, it's a role that a lot of people can fill. And there's another role that you seem to be gravitating towards, which is the, the deal maker, the, the Donald Trump. Um, no, the, it's not uh, that. It's, the art of the it's deal. Not that. It's, it's, it's projecting a vision and getting other people around it. I get, name, any, name a book, name a task that you remember uh, being really impressed that Elon Musk knew a lot about in his bio. Name it real quick. Oh, um, like he knows everything about the batteries that go into his car. He knows okay. everything about the solar PV systems that power solar city. So do you he think knows, the, do, you, do you think the he person, knows rocket science? <laughs> yeah, so do you think do you think the person that he has on his battery team, whoever's leading his battery team, do you think that person is smarter than Elon at batteries or not? Potentially. I but, guarantee but, you he's I guarantee you he's way smarter than Elon at batteries. Otherwise Elon wouldn't have of of hired him. See, I'm I'm telling you, I'm sure in that book there are very specific examples where it was a story about Elon going into the battery meeting and he challenged the charge velocity going this way and that way, and you're going, Wow, he really knows this stuff. No, he, he jumps in between those tasks. The people leading those individual teams are masters, even smarter than Elon at that specific thing. Elon understands how to then build those pieces into a $35,000 electric Tesla vehicle that just sold billion dollars worth of estate with no dealerships, you know, a year before anyone's actually going to get it. You know what I mean? That's where I think true genius comes in. Awesome. All right. It's my opinion. I like it. Ask your people. What do you people think? Look, listen, tweet at us or something. If you think I'm crazy, tell me I'm crazy. Let's do it. At Asian efficiency, <laughs> hashtag Latka's crazy. There you go. Um, exactly. Or, or uh, your, your Twitter is at uh, Nathan Latka. We'll put that in the show notes. Yep. And you know, I think we'll be getting some engagement from this one. A lot of, a lot of the the productivity tips and advice um, that that can be given out there are, um, are are counter to what you're putting. So I'm, I'm excited for this one to go out there and for people to I don't know just shake things up. Think yeah. think of a new uh, way. Maybe they have never been detail oriented and uh, they've always felt bad about that, and then think, well, wait a minute, maybe maybe I. I am pretty good at convincing people to jump on on board, and I I do have pretty decent vision when it comes to um, seeing where things could go. And maybe I uh, maybe I do need to uh, use those skills rather than trying to, um, to 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 become the best at this little niche. Yeah, you know? and even even Zach, if you look at the best selling books of all time, right? There are books like How to Win Friends and Influence People, not uh, How to Master the Battery Charges in a Solar Powered Vehicle. Like everybody wants to know how to win friends and influence people, right? A very small amount want to master a specific skill set, right? So the, the people, again, that are really sitting at the top, they understand. That's why people, so many people are buying the book. They don't know how to do it. They think they need to know how to do it, so they buy the book. The fact is very few people actually know how to do it. That's why there's very few you know, big successful movements you know, in, in our generation. But I do think it's really important. And you know, I would just, you know, 
I mean, yeah, I would also just articulate, right? I just want to make this point. There, there's nothing wrong with doing a task yourself. Like I'm doing all my podcast interviews right now. That takes time. My calendar is not blank that day. But your intention should always be, how can I replace myself or find someone better in this role than I am? Because there definitely is somebody in the world that does that. And the faster you replace yourself, the bigger uh, kind of a wealth system and wealth accumulation strategy you're going to be able to build. I like it. Let's let's. I'll let you have the last note since I know your ego wouldn't take anything else. <laughs> well... <laughs> What do you mean? What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, look, I know you told me before. Look, listen, here's one thing that I, I really recommend. You told me your folks really like tools, right? So I will tell you, one of the ways I really grew fast, and this is how I cold emailed a billionaire and got a billionaire on my podcast, right? It's called the, which is called the Top Entrepreneurs, if anyone's interested in, in listening to it. But you have to uh, be able to email like anybody cold, even with no introduction. So I put together a resource. If these are the 10 ways that I use to find anybody's email address in about 17 seconds flat. And in fact, I guarantee it. I mean, it works almost every time. In fact, at the top of this article, when you go to it, you'll see Bill Gates email and how I found it. But it's nathanlacka.com forward slash find anyone's email. And most of those tools, are, in fact, all of them, Zach, are, are free to use, but they're just great little hacks that help you be more efficient and get anybody's email you want, whether you want to partner with them on a webinar, whether you want them to invest in your business, whether you want them to hire you, whatever it is, it's a great tool. Nice. And I think I actually saw you give this in a talk. And yes, very much. I think those tools and that, that you have that you just dis- described seem like a, uh, a, a great tip. So We'll we'll put that in the show notes so people can find it. But before we leave, let's uh, let's ask answer those three questions because you already gave a a resource and and tool whatever you want to call it that. But we still need to hear about a ritual that you do every day or or regularly that you get a lot out of, and a book that uh, that you might recommend to our listeners. Yeah, ritual one that's very simple. I think you guys are going to hear this and go, "That is the best thing I've ever heard." I'm doing it this week. Uh, sit down on Sunday evenings and look at your week. And here's a game. Cancel as many meetings as you possibly can. I do it every Sunday. It always is fantastic. I never regret canceling anything. So cancel more meetings every Sunday night before your week starts. You'll find hours and hours of new free time you never knew you had. Uh, that's a ritual that I do weekly. Uh, what books do your people like, Zach? Because I read a ton. They want like productivity-related books or what? Um, so, well, something that you've been uh, – that has helped you become more productive. So but you don't need to – to go to the audience, uh, some of some of the more common ones that we've heard are the one thing, getting things done. Yeah, I'm um, trying to think of. I mean, those are the common ones that we've been hearing. Uh, deep work has been actually as of late, <laughs> so that's that's where I'm getting my deep work ideas from to counter your eh, just just go for it ideas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, whatever whatever you want. I, th- I think people are well, are interested in health and and mindset and uh, individual uh, systems that they can create around themselves or wherever you want to throw us. Yeah. So instead of giving you a book, which is kind of like a silver bullet, like hey, read minimalism and your life's going to get better, which is baloney if you don't actually execute anything. I'm going to give you the system that I use. So I read one biography every other day. I do bio book, strategy book, bio book, strategy book. So whenever I read a bio, right? So this is again when you read a book. I would recommend you do this. When I read a bio, I I actually really understand all the habits of the person that I'm reading. And it's always a billionaire. I only read billionaire biographies, study from the best. So Warren Buffett, for example, he always drank, like he drinks two Cokes starting at 9 a.m., has two cheeseburgers every day for lunch, right? He's an investor in both of them. Eats C's candy almost every day. He's an investor in C's. So I learned all of his capital allocation strategies. And at the same time, I learned all of his like eating patterns and his, what his schedule looks like, what time he wakes up. And the next day I lived just like Warren Buffett. 
like I ate what he ate. I thought how he thought. You know, he reads 500 pages almost every day, so I read 500 pages that day. So actually, take both the the the, the daily patterns, like what he eats, how he drinks, what he sleeps, or when he you know, wakes, all that stuff, uh, tied to the actual mental things he's doing every day. And by doing both of those things, you're going to make the systems in your life more efficient because you're going to take what you're reading and actually make them applicable to your life. And that's how you're going to turn something you read into a habit, which turns into a system, which makes you more money. I love it. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, I hope we have many more competitive games. Hopefully we'll have uh, some some more victories in our future. But uh, thanks again. Lots of, uh, of interesting ideas, some cheeseburgers for thought, some food for thought. And, uh, and yeah, if people want to find you online, some of the best places you already mentioned them, but maybe give them again and we'll make sure they get in the show notes. Yeah. So, so I give out my personal phone number on the podcast. You guys can, this one's about to end. So right when this episode ends, just go into iTunes or Stitcher and search the top entrepreneurs with Nathan Latka. I'm sure that Zach will also put that in the show notes, but go subscribe over there. You'll find my phone number uh, in the first episode that you listen to. Feel free to shoot me a text. And then additionally, Zach, I, I really hate when entrepreneurs talk about their success. 10 years after it happened because they, they always lie. They make the story like way better than what it actually was. So one of the things that I'm doing, if your audience is interested, they can text Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, to 33444. They can just pause this right now and do that. And I'll actually text them back my 2012 income tax return, which will help you guys get a real sense of where I'm making my money, how I'm generating wealth, and where I'm investing that to get compounded you know, returns that, that go between 20 and 30% cash-on-cash annual returns. So that's valuable. Obviously, I'll black out my Social Security number, but that's Nathan to three three four four four. All right. Well, thank you, Nathan. You bet, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, I am not exactly sure how to outro this one, especially since my next book on my reading list is "Ego Is the Enemy" by Ryan Holiday. But I am very curious to see what kind of impact this makes, considering we recorded this a number of months ago. The election has um, has very much changed since then, but uh, but Mr. Trump went further than I think a lot of people expected. So if you have any thoughts or, or comments, at Nathan Latka is his Twitter. You can bombard him here. At ZW Sexton is my Twitter. You can bombard me there. Or at Asian Efficiency, we can talk about that there. I do think these ideas that are brought up are, are very different than anything else we've talked about on this show um i I would i would very much support nathan and his beliefs of doing what you're good at doing what gives you energy and that the idea of recruiting people that are a plus 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 students in other areas that that you could never be a plus 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 in you've got your own skills you've got your own unique abilities and if you don't that's the time that's the thing you got to do you got to focus on those and explore those a book by former guest Cal Newport is something I'd encourage you to read if you're looking to discover and hone those skills so good that they cannot ignore you. So, <laughs> as I said, not sure how to outro this show because there there is some um, some tension in there. So we will see. And I um, I appreciate Nathan and for his ideas and what he's been able to produce in his his short time here. So that is that. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it to the end. Please plan, do, review, organize, and prioritize. Delegate and automate what you can. Focus 
on your most important task. Take care of yourself. Find momentum. Move towards your ideal. Achieve anything but not everything. Enjoy this life. Do more and be better. Take care.